Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Exodus. We're in chapter 32 today, and we're looking at how the people dealt with sin in their lives. It's a good lesson for us today, how we're supposed to react to sin in our lives. Uh, McGee called God like a surgeon. He he, he, um, basically doesn't mess around with sin. He cuts it out like a surgeon would cut out cancer. You can't have sin in your life and it be healthy. It will consume you eventually. A little bit will grow and grow and then it'll turn into more complicated sin and then will your whole person will become that sin. And even if there's a little bit of a sin, you're condemned in your sin. And that's why we need to be serious about how we look at sin in our own life. The people have just committed a terrible act. They've been worshiping a um, um, man-made uh, idol. Um, today we don't see idol worship, but we see worship of a lot of things that take the form of idols. Pride, money, popularity, Wisdom that comes from man. Um, We worship so many different things and materials. So we have to be careful about that. Pride in the heart is terrible. And so we have to cut out those type of things that separate us from God. And now we're going to see how serious it is to God. Um, Verse 26, this is chapter 32. Verse 26, Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come to me. All right? He's going to make the people identify. And all the sons of Levi gathered around him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Put your sword on your side, each of you, and go to and fro from gate to gate, throughout the camp, and each of you kill his brother and his companion and his neighbor. Okay? Who's for me or who's against me? You're either for the Lord or against the Lord. So he had people stand on different sides and uh, take sides. 
And then basically he tells uh, the people on his side, go ahead and kill the other people. Get rid of this cancer. We cannot have this division in this nation. Okay? So, <clears throat> verse 28, And the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And that day, about 3,000 men of the people fell. And Moses said, Today you have been ordained for the service of the Lord, each one at the cost of his son and of his brother, that so that he might bestow a blessing upon you this day. So, you can't have anything separating you between your relationship, between you and God, between God's Word and how you are to obey. You can't have anything separating you. And only a fool would gravitate to the wisdom from man. Only a fool would allow worship of something other than God's Word. Only a fool. And in many times today, in many respects, you know, it seems like we're living amongst fools. Um, unless you've got your eyes on the Lord, it's um, a fool's gambit, so to speak. So, Verse 30, the next day Moses said to the people, you have sinned a great sin. Okay, so now you've got to acknowledge this sin. And there's always repercussions for sin, isn't there? And now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sins. So we're seeing, the, we're seeing what's playing out, the forgiveness of sins. But there's always something we've got to do. Sin puts us in a... a a bad relationship with one another and with the Lord. And we have to approach our atonement for sin solemnly. Verse 31, So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Alas, the people, this people, has sinned a great sin. They have made for themselves gods of gold. But now if you will forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of your book that you have written. So Moses is basically saying, you know, take me out too if you're not going to forgive because, I mean, I'm overwhelmed. There's nothing I can do. If you can't forgive them, you might as well blot me out too because there's nothing we can do. There's no hope at all. You know, Moses is basically on his knees. Moses is basically at his last. He has nothing else to. He has nothing else to say. Verse thirty-four. But now, go lead the people to the place about which I have spoken to you. I'm sorry. Let's see. Verse thirty-three. But the Lord said to Moses. Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. But now, go lead the people to the place about which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. 
Then the Lord said, sent a plague on the people because they've made a calf, the one Aaron made. Okay? So the Lord is saying, look, I know who sinned against me, and I'll blot them out of the book. I know each person. So Moses, you continue to do my will, and I'll take care of these sinners. And I'm sending an angel to go before you. And he calls it my angel. Now, McGee says that you could take that to mean the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ in the angelic form. <clears throat> but we, I simply don't know. Chapter 33, the Lord said to Moses, Depart, go up from here, you and the people. You have brought up out of the land of Egypt to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your offspring, I will give it. And I will send an angel before you. And I don't know if that's the pre-incarnate Christ or not. I just, I just don't know. Before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hittites, Jebusites, and as McGee says, the electric lights. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go among you. I will not go up among you. Lest I consume you on the way, for you are stiff-necked people. Verse 4. When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned. You know, because the Lord's not, the Lord's saying he's so upset with them, he's not even going to go with them. But he's going to drive out all these other foreign people. And no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people for a single moment. For if for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. So now take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. Therefore the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. Verse 7. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Verse 8. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak to Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship, each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. How about that? When Moses turned again into the camp, His assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So I kind of think that maybe Joshua is being groomed to be the next leader. He's kind of Moses' assistant. Um, Aaron certainly let him down. But it's interesting that Joshua would not depart from the tent. In other words, it looks like when Moses left the tent to go back to camp, Joshua would stay at the tent. 
maybe to like guard it or maybe to ensure that the tent would be, you know, protected in some way. Verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, okay, so we kind of we kind of now are leaving this little description about the tent, but now Moses is saying to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring this people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. All right, you're just telling me to leave these people, but I don't know who's going with me or not. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you've also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that, that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Moses is asking, how am I going to get this thing done? Consider, too, that this nation is your people, is your people. This is, these are not my people. This, this is your people. And he said, Moses is, it looks like Moses is saying now, you know, I remember that you said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are a distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? So Moses is saying, look, if you're not coming with us, don't even send us. Because if you're not with us, how's anybody going to know that we're a distinct nation? And how am I going to know that if you're not with us, how do I know that we haven't even found favor in your sight at all? Moses is just really, really pleading to God for help to do his will. He doesn't understand. Verse 17, And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing you've spoken I will do. He said, You got it. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Isn't that great? God knows you by name. Moses said, Please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, You cannot see my face, for a man shall not see me and live. But the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock. And I will cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Paul talks about this. In Romans chapter 9, verse 15, for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I, have whom, on whom I have compassion. You know, Paul's trying to answer the question, is there injustice on God's part? By no means. So he says, 
it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For this very purpose I have raised you up. For Scripture says to Pharaoh, For this purpose, I, very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So he has mercy on whoever he wills, and he hardens whoever he wills. It's God's decision. It's not our decision. You know, and it's not about somebody doing something better than the other person. God shows mercy on who he wants to. And the people who reject God, God knows that. God has already hardened their hearts. We don't understand how that works. But this is this is all God's prerogative. So, this is all about God's presence in our life regarding sin and how sin separates us from God. So, we have to be careful. And uh, so, we'll stop here and we'll uh, take up um, chapter 34 on Monday because today's Friday. We always take a break over the weekend. So, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say to, for this study today. From all of us here, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Exodus chapter 32, beginning at verse 26, all the way through to Exodus chapter 33, verses 1 through to verse 23. So scripture reads verse 26 of Exodus 32. Then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered together themselves, gathered themselves together to him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let every man put his sword on his side and go in and out from the entrance to from entrance to entrance throughout the camp and let every man kill his brother and every man in every man his companion and every man his neighbor so this you know for argument's sake it was extreme but you know there is a reason for this you know there was awful sin and you know the rot had to be cut off so liberalism got in the church like so this is how the church is compromised today, the organized denomination. Um, and, you know, liberalism has taken over. So you can't compromise with it. Compromise in the church is immoral. And in Moses' case, there was extreme surgery that was used. And, um, you know, the rot was cut out. So the cancer um, was removed. The guilty were slain. And um, today, if you look at the church, you know, because there's, you know, the church is trying to be liberal, trying to be, you know, move with the modern times and all. And in the end, compromises and allows a lot of immorality, a lot of sin um, to, 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 you know, a lot of things are overlooked. Um, you know, according to scripture, they, we tend to look at a lot of other things and just say, you know, because we're trying to move with the times because, um, some things in the Bible are draconian, but no, that is compromise and compromise is immoral.
Verse 28 goes on to read, So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. Verse 29, Then Moses said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, that he may bestow on you a blessing this day, for every man has opposed his son and his brother. So here, they cleaned up the camp. So if they didn't, they would have been in idolatry and they would have been destroyed out in the wilderness. So, you know, in the camp, you know, there was the innocents, you know, the, the, the old people, then there was the children, and there was just the innocent people. So if they had actually allowed this to go on, this would have infiltrated into those people who were innocent. And, you know, later on, these people would have entered into full-blown blown idolatry. So they cut out the rot. Um, and, you know, there is today in the church, um, you know, this liberalized, liberalism, sorry, that has crept up in the church today. And it's, you know, churches, we've seen churches, you know, rise and fall. They've fallen and people have lost trust in the churches because of this type of compromise. They don't get rid of the rot and it manifests. So today we are soft, sentimental and silly and have allowed evil in the church. Uh, we've taken on liberalism and, you know, because we're trying to fit in with the times. Verse 30 goes on to read. Now it came to pass on the day, on the next day that Moses said to the people, you have committed a great sin and now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So an atonement is that which we made to cover up sin so that's how it was actually handled before christ came and then after christ came it was removed because christ um you know he died for our sins he was our atonement so um there was no need to actually atone for sins then because christ died for our sin verse 31 goes on to read then moses returns to the lord and said oh these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a god of gold so this verse is you know, another reason that Moses actually gives to God for him not to destroy the people, but he's uh, taking them up into the promised land. So this is the fourth reason. Um, in the previous study, we saw three uh, reasons that were given, and this is the fourth reason that's given. So Moses here confesses. So if one wants to actually get along with God and get in the good books of God, and one wants to have fellowship with God, one has to agree with him about sin. So sin is sin, and sin must be confessed. No matter who you are, where you come from, what color you are, one has to confess their sins. So um, here, um, you know, sin is actually spelled out. And this is not what, uh, uh, sorry, this is what we are to do. We are to confess our sins. We are to spell it out. And Moses here is spelling it out that, you know, they made a God of gold. Verse 32 goes on to read, Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not... So, you know, Moses starts one trail of, like, thought, and he's like, But if not, I pray, um, blot me out of your book, which you have written. So here, Moses says he he's going to take his place with um, his people. And he identifies himself with them. Verse 33 goes on to read, And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. So this is what um, 
moves the heart and hand of God. So God deals individually and personally with sin. He doesn't deal with it, you know, as a group. So God was dealing with each and each individual person. Verse 34 goes on to read, Now, therefore, go lead the people to the place um, of which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in that in the day when I visit for punishment, I will visit punishment upon them for their sin. Verse 35, so the Lord plagued the people because of what they did when the calf which Aaron, what they did, sorry, with the calf which Aaron had made. So God says he will deal with it personally and take the people up. So those who have not sinned, he will take them up. He will not blot them out. So the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is the visible presence of Christ. That's the pre-incarnate Christ. The angel of the Lord always reveals the presence of deity and God appearing to man. So now we get to chapter 33 and in chapter 33 verse 1 it reads um then the lord said to moses depart and go up from here you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of egypt to the land of which i swore to abraham isaac and jacob saying to your descendants i will give it verse 2 and i will send my angel before you and i will drive out the canaanites and the amorites and the hittites and the perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. So this is the angel of the Lord here, and all will be driven out. All these um, people who were in that land will be driven out. So he's now preparing them to enter the land. And in the book of Numbers, we will see them resume the wilderness march. Verse 3 goes on to read, Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. So God never actually um, dwelt in the tabernacle. Like we've actually um, said it, you know, when there was like the instructions, when Moses was being given the instructions up on the mountain um, about... Mm, how the tabernacle was to be built. So God never dwelt um, in the tabernacle and God has never occupied a building. It's, you know, a pagan um, um, statement that we have that God actually occupies a building. So this is uh, where the tabernacle is where they approach God in God's method. And this is what the tabernacle preaches. Um, approach to God and it's all reveals Christ and how we approach God today. So it's given uh, in picture form. So, you know, how they approached, you know, in God's way, how they approached God in the tabernacle. And this is how we actually do it today. Verse 4 goes on to read, And when the people heard this bad news, they mourned, and no one puts on his ornaments. So the ornaments, you know, that they wore, were heathen, for example, the earrings that they wore, they brought those, you know, from Egypt and made the golden calf. So this was evidence that they worshipped a certain god. So, for example, those who wear a cross today, like, you know, I'm going to put on a little cross or, um, you know, on a chain. And the purpose of it is actually to reveal that the person wearing it is Christian. So these are like little ornaments that they wore and um, that are heathen. 
Verse 5 goes on to read, For the Lord said to Moses, Say to the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. I could come up into your midst in one moment and consume you. Now therefore take off your ornament and that I may know what to do to you. So here, when God actually came down to redeem them, he didn't do so because, you know, they were special or, you know, they were nice people. And um, he's actually stating that here. And he's stating it for the third time. You know, they were stiff-necked people. So in other words, he's saying, take down your signs that you're a heathen and take a stand for God. That's what he's telling them. Scripture goes on to read verse 6. So the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by Mount Horeb. Verse 7, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle to meeting to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So here the tabernacle is being constructed. It hasn't yet been built and we'll have details of it a little later so this tabernacle here was a tented meeting so it was not constructed yet in all of its details so it was just a tent put up that when that's uh, that's what we actually have here verse 8 goes on to read so it was whenever moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. Verse 9, And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked to Moses. Verse 10, All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. So here, no man, actually here, has ever seen God at any time. So Jesus Christ said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. So the Lord Jesus Christ is the revelation of God because he is God, but he was veiled in human flesh. And in the Old Testament, he was the angel of the Lord. Verse 11 goes on to read, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp but his servant joshua the son of nun a young man did not depart from the tabernacle so here moses talked to god but he didn't see god no man has ever seen god and um now we see here joshua has been mentioned and joshua is the man god is actually preparing to succeed moses verse 12 goes on to read then moses said to the lord see you say to me bring up this people but you have not let me know whom you will send with me let yet you have said i know you by name and you have also found grace in my sight verse 13 now therefore i pray if i have found grace in your sight show me now your way that i may know you and that i may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. So here Moses was a great man of prayer and we see him turning to God here. 
And the thing that Moses actually wanted is what Paul said, that I might know you, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. And, you know, every sincere child of God has a desire to actually want to know God, to want to know Christ, if you're just a sincere, um, you know, Christian, born again, child of God. Verse 14 goes on to read, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So it was the presence of God. And verse 15 goes on to read, and then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. So Moses knew that he couldn't make it on his own. He needed God. So he was a very he was very strong in his faith he was a man of prayer verse 16 goes on to read for and how then will i will it be known that your people and i have found grace in your sight except you go with us so we shall be separate your people and i from all the people who are upon the face of the earth so this here is important to note. So God made them a peculiar people for a definite reason, as the church is to be a peculiar people today. So a people for God, not, you know, weirdos or, you know, oddballs, no, but a people um, for God, who make a stand for God. Scripture goes on to read verse 17. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. So here, oh, verse 18 goes on to read, and he said, please show me your glory. So here Moses becomes very intimate with God, and he couldn't see God face to face. Um, so, but there was God's glory. Verse 19 goes on to read, he said, then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the lord before you i will be gracious to whom i will be gracious and i will have compassion on whom i will have compassion so here moses uh oh so um yeah so paul actually used this in uh romans as well and you know god is sovereign god is merciful god is gracious we cannot dictate to god oh you can't bless that person because of this and that now god is going to be gracious to whom he ever he wants to be gracious god will be is compassionate to whom he is compassionate to 20 goes on to read but he said you cannot see my face for no man shall see my shall see me and live so no one will see god face to face even moses didn't see god face to face verse 21 goes on to read and the lord said here is a place by me and you shall stand on the rock verse 22 so it shall be while my glory passes by that i will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while i pass by verse 23 then i will take away my hand and you will see you shall see my back and my face shall not be seen so this was kind of like a difference in translation to translate from one language to the other but what they would see is a representation of god and not god because god is a spirit and he must be worshipped in the in spirit and in truth so in that day god's glory was revealed so when christ came he actually took upon himself human flesh human form and when he did the glory was not there 
um, so he took a very humble place but he was still God so we will not see God we will see the Lord Jesus Christ and he will be in human form because that's the form that he actually took when he came the first time and today he's in a glorified body and we we shall be like him when he comes and this is the hope of every believer today so you know we're looking forward to that blessed hope so those who are walking uh, by faith this is their um, belief today so we need his presence today to face the everyday troubles tribulations and trials that we actually go through so this is our teaching for today thank you all for listening in god bless you all and have a pleasant friday bye bye